Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 249 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Souverine, and joining me in the Orange, si- uh, orange Sidewinder bar this evening, uh, the dashing Commander Edelweiss, Ben. Souverine. Oh, Souverine. I've <laughs> loved you ever since we've met. Will you marry me, sir? <laughs> I will give that some thought. Uh, Commander Shan? Hello. I was just thinking, I don't think I've ever seen Ben dash anywhere. <laughs> I ran for my bus the other day. Does that count? <laughs> it does, yes. Did you catch it? No. Okay, well, in that case, it doesn't. You kind of have to be successful. <laughs> Dashing is a successful enterprise. Otherwise, you're just sort of huffing and puffing and failing. Really. Oh, okay. Uh, and we're also uh, joined by the lovely Walt Kerman. Hello, Walt. Hello. Um, on tech support, we have the masterful Commander Ventura. Do you want to say hello? Hello. How are we doing? Uh, jolly good. Um, if you wish, you can join us. Can anybody join us live? What are we doing in game? Ben, are you doing anything in game? I'm currently pretending to be a kangaroo and jumping to Sage. Ah, marvellous. Well, I am. Uh, uh, I'm in um, the Printworks, the new. Uh, the new asteroid base in Malaysia. Uh, so you can potentially come and join us in game if you want to go to SAG A. Uh, if not, um, you can find us on the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live um, and click on live chat. Um, and we are live on twitch.tv forward slash lave radio. Um, right, we don't have any activity in game really tonight. I'm going to. Um, uh, I'm going to take my anaconda out to the crystalline shards on the airless world in Sinuefe. Um So intensely boring stuff. Um, ben, what are you doing in game? Are you just are you just travelling, or are you doing are you doing? A I'm literally jumping back to Sage, and although I have just found a water wall, I'm going to go. So there isn't any Lave Radio Network activity in game this evening. Um, let's find out how everybody's doing. Um, Shan, how was your week? It's not been too bad actually, apart from it being completely wet and left me unable to get on my bike thing but yeah it's not been too bad really um what have i been doing in game yes i've been unlocking engineers on the uh, shenanigans account in colonia to Hmm. see how onerous or otherwise it is and it's not actually that bad um i mean you can't get the full suite of modifications you can in the bubble but the general kind of mucking about and pve stuff it's not too bad so yeah that's what i've been up to the Shan household has been relatively quiet, even though eldest um, Mini Shan is back from university and waiting his final results tomorrow. Can so, they call him the Shanlet? Not really. He's six foot four. So, oh. yeah. Maxi Shan. That makes him sound like a product you buy in boots or someone like that. But, it does, yeah. That's true. That's a really good point. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been all right. It's really good. Has um, uh, regarding Colonia, they, um, am I right in thinking that the, you, it's the only place you can get the Grade Five Shield Cell Bank modification? I think so. There's also the only place you can get the Grade Five Lightweight uh, Life Support, I believe. I, oh I yes. Went to, uh, I, 
And yeah, I did some calculations to how much it would affect the jump range of my exploration Aconda back in the bubble. Hmm. And um, it turns out not very much at all. I think if I maxed everything out to grade five, I think it'll only add something like 0.3 of a light year to my top jump yeah. range. Yeah, makes so, sense. So, uh, because um, lightweight life support is comparatively light anyway, it yeah. kind of doesn't make a lot of difference. I think by the time you've not to turn off, it changes the jump range by about 0.1 light years or something. Which, well, it depends what ship you're in, doesn't it? Because it depends on it depends on what percentage of the overall ship. Oh, it does. I'm, oh, it does. But I'm th- I, was, I was doing the math of my anaconda. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, my my phantom. I think it was point two light years. It's mm. it's pretty negligible, really. Um, and it doesn't. I, I there's no place in the galaxy that I'm aware of that I can't actually get to without if I didn't do the uh, the min maxing thing. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I was fortunate to get some excellent god rolls on life support and sensors. Lovely. Uh, such that you can't actually get on my sensors. I'm lighter than you can get now. Oh yes, you got the you got the sexy secondary effect, the one that um gives you a much better optical mass or whatever. Yeah, I think on something like one and a half, two tons Oof. under the maximum you nice. can get now on life mm. on life support. So I'm not really that worried about it. But it was interesting. I was reading the forum earlier. Um, and maybe we'll go on to that, but um, about people's exploration and the condor builds, and I think it's eighty-four point three or something like that light years is the maximum yeah. you can get now. And What's I can yours? hit that. Um, well, I I always make my ships usable, so I always make sure I've got shields or enough shields I can have a bumpy landing. I always make sure I've got I can boost. Um, I always make sure I've got enough for an SRV, and I don't carry a reduced fuel load. So I carry the full 32 tons. Yeah. And my jump range is about 80 and a half light years on my Anaconda. On nice. My Anaconda. And that's what I call a useful safe ship. Because I don't yeah. like the idea of having it so lightweight. You know, it's basically like exploring in a bunch of baker foil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, it's not my preferred way of exploring. Oh, very jealous. like it. I'm so jealous of people who have those grandfather mods. Very jealous. Um, you too lazy, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't really understand. Like, when engineering first came out, it appeared like a giant sort of time sink that just mocked you, and, and it, it just seemed like a casino that just wanted to waste your time, so I didn't really engage with it. And then, and then they changed it, and I was like, oh, this isn't shit anymore. I'll give it a go. And then, uh, so I only really got into engineering after the change, which is which is too late for all that sort of thing, um, which is a bit of a shame. So no, I only have um, I only have what the game gives you now, um, which is a bit of a shame. Um, anyway, Ben, what have you been up to? I've actually I've been too busy doing real life things and looking after. Uh, I think the only bit of gaming that I've actually done was either playing oh what, Candy Crush Saga or something like that. <laughs> What's your um, combat rank in Candy Crush Saga? You can get a combat rank in it. Duh. You obviously don't have a very high one. I, I, I only play Candy Crush Saga casually. Uh, okay. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, give me two seconds. Uh, so the other thing I've been doing was... The only piece of real gaming that I've done 
was playing, um, oh, and often did a couple of heists in Grand Theft Auto with some friends on Sunday evening, which was, that was a lot of fun, because I've not done any heists for a long time. Mm, lovely. And it's not, it's not Candy Crush Saga, it's Candy Crush Friends, apparently. Right. Thank um, you for the clarification. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've... oh no, Candy I've... Crush Friends Saga. Because that makes all the difference. It's probably... That implies more than one of them. It probably does. Um, and I'm on level 143. That sounds like quite and a lot of levels. I, I have no idea if I can do any kind of PvP or whatever with it, but yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what's the betting that the next expansion will be Candy Crush Beyond? <laughs> Only if it comes out in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Walt, what have you been up to the last week? You can tell us what you've been up to in real life, um, or you can tell us what you've been up to in your spaceship, or potentially both. It's up to you. Well, uh, I'm off work right now, but uh, as for inside the game, uh, I've been growing my minor faction. It's uh, the, uh, well, we've got several we sort of play around with, but the major one is the Dukes and Kun, and it's uh, present in over 70 systems now. I believe it is the, currently the minor faction with the most presence in game. Wow. So it, it, that usually when, yeah, usually when uh, uh, I'm playing, that's what I'm doing. And then outside the game, uh, but still metagame, I often, I'm usually building, you know, relationships with our neighbors and whatnot. Because once you get that big on all sides, you are surrounded by other player groups because there's not much space left. So yeah. you have to have a really good... Uh, political team in a sense which is really weird for a video game but it's very interesting too mm, yeah that makes sense 70 that's crazy how many of those do you control uh 70 well uh rushing 71 we control 69 at the moment i think or, or we're about to um that- uh, we usually are trailing one behind it um one behind how much we have <clears throat> yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. And Got usually it. that's tied uh, with a, another group, by the way, which we are friend, friendly with, called Da Vinci Corp. It's the Italian community. I know so Da Vinci they Corp. Also have, I know yes. Ace Myth quite well. Yes, that guy, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so they, uh, they also do a very good job on uh, um, building their community as well. And um, that they're very, those, that's very large as well. And actually, uh, for another little fact for the Dukes and Kun, they're over 90 light years in diameter. So you can, uh, what your your eighty light year jump ship would not actually be able to span an empire. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great start. Do you um? Is that more? Uh, is that more systems controlled than any other faction? Um, no. As I was saying, uh, um, Da Vinci Corp. We, we're uh, sometimes they're ahead of us. Um, uh, sometimes we're tied. Usually it goes splits between tied and and um, uh, uh, and them being one ahead for controlled. Uh, one of our systems is currently in. Uh, Communism interstellar space, or one of our control, one of our press system presence, and they're our ally, and they were there first. So we have, um, uh, we are let, we are just ceding that system to them. We stay present there, but um, uh, so I don't, I don't think, uh, uh, I think that Da Vinci Corp has less, or I, I don't know exactly, but uh, so communism interstellar is also another massive player group, and it's very hard to control uh, your uh, factions expansions. So it's yeah. very easy to end up your your uh, um, your expansion to end up in a, a player group system that uh, was there first essentially, and we're we're very we're a very peaceful group. So um, uh, we 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 try to respect other people's um, uh, you know rights through the system first. And additionally, though, we've also become very good at controlling where you expand. That's actually 
something player groups can do. I was going to say, like we, um, the, the the little one that I run with uh, some friends is we have huge trouble controlling expansions. We've only got like three systems, Sev- um, seventy systems. How are you not constantly expanding all the time from them? Well, we have a really good um, uh, a team. Essentially, uh, I know that sounds. I guess everyone probably says that, but in our sense, uh, we have. Um, uh, some people who work on some systems outside the game, uh, such as, uh, so there's a commander several, he's one of our officers. Uh, he built uh, something called Tiberian sun. Um, our, our fictional leader is Tiberius. Um, and it was sort of a playoff probably, I think the old command and conquer game <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this, uh, this, uh, program essentially, uh, we have our own, uh, I guess, uh, plug into the, uh, EDDB, database or the, the market connector so you can run the market connector and yeah. then uh it you you wear this and it doesn't update to the edd database so we have this info but it doesn't go public and it goes onto this little program here and we can all we can go into it and see what our influences at the time basically just make sure that our influence stays below the expansion range mm-hmm. and then we bring it up on the system we want to expand and we have a little this program will also calculate uh, where the next, I just click a button and on, on all the systems we own, it'll show if we expand from that system where we will land. So then I can quickly go down, but like, Oh, we want to, we want to go this direction. So I'll look at which system we want to expand from. And then it's really easy. It makes it really saves so much time. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm really, really glad that guy, uh, several stepped up and made, uh, um, that he actually were, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. He's uh, actually does some space stuff in real life, so ah, fascinating. Um, all right, well, before we get too deep into that, um, Ben, did you want to uh, did you want to quiz Walt on something? Yeah, I just I, I'm getting a bit confused here, Walt, because I actually thought that you're an administrator over in the universe of the Kerbals. Oh yes, uh, Walt Kerman. Uh, I work in the um, uh, administrative building on the KSP campus. I'm the PR director for that as well. Maybe while while Walt relogs or something like that, we'll we'll move on to um, what's been going on in game and stuff. I was just going to talk about the the non development news and non game events this week. Uh, I didn't watch the uh, the new commander stream that we'll do this week. Uh, did I? You guys? I didn't. It was a new commander stream, though, wasn't it? And it was it continued on Monday, I believe, with Will and Page. Is that right? Yeah, sounds right to me. Do you think though? There only, you know, there's a certain point where new commander streams are kind of like, well, we've seen they've done it. I just wonder how many new commanders will tune in and think, oh, I never knew how to fly a ship. Or should they concentrate on the more advanced parts of the game? Good question, Shan. Um, so this is clearly, it's clearly the season, it's clearly the Chinese year of, year of new players at the moment um, at uh, Frontier, which is... Uh, which is an interesting one. So I guess from talking about the, uh, the over the last sort of six months, there's been chat um, about what um, what messages Frontier have been giving to analysts and markets and things. And one consistent message has been that um, the 2020 New Era update is um, is kind of viewed as a bit of a like a, a relaunch for Elite. Um, that's the that's the the phrase that they've used. Um, if uh if that is the case then it's it's pretty logical to 
um, to conclude that they'll they'll want to back that up with um, as as kind of as mu- as most the sort of most well rounded uh, new player experience as possible. So I guess this is kind of in anticipation of that. You know, if they're going to get a, a massive influx of new players, they want to make it as they they want to make the new player experience as good as possible. Um, so I, I guess I guess, I guess my my take on it is that it, it's all practice for next year. What do you guys think? I hadn't thought about it being practice uh, for next year, which does imply that come 2020, we're going to get another bloody new commander stream. But anyway. I imagine um, we'll get a, a lot more than one. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd, be, uh, I'd be very surprised if we didn't get quite a few, being, being yeah. somewhat Being somewhat mischievous in thought, um, I would want, I would like them to see and play what I would call advanced elite dangerous. <laughs> just to show they actually can play the game right okay is this the is this community managers can't play that can't play their own game well again? no i'm not i'm not saying they can or they can't but there becomes a point where if they only ever do new commanders it kind of leads to that conclusion yeah. i mean well, yes they've I mean, got up we against know, we know for shan that um both sally and will can make it to sagittarius a on their own commandership. So I, I would that's consider not that really a, a that's not really a um advanced thing, is it? That's it's not a newbie thing really. either. Yeah, you know, I don't think you know, engineering it up correctly and getting getting the things that they did to their ships, which we've seen. Yeah, but I haven't seen I haven't we seen haven't them, seen example, it from get, yeah. Well I haven't seen them for example get Adam or Steve Kirby on and talk about in depth about ship bills, about, oh, you know, we decided to put the limit for um, premiership drives at this percent, so that, Baba, we really need a kind of what's a discovery scanner about yeah. oh, that would be good. behind yeah. how they balance the game and why the numbers are what they are and how that affects how the ships fly and stuff like that. Something really meaty and in-depth. I, I don't know. I, I'd quite would like that, that be Adam or would that be... It might that be an Adam Burke Wait. Isn't Steve more of a missions person than ship balancing? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I agree it would be an awesome thing for them to do a discovery scanner. And Frontier, if you're listening, do it. It's a good idea. I bet there's... Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that sort of thing came around again. I mean, we've just had the... Out of every update that Elite's had, we've just had the one which is more focused on new players than any other. Um, yeah. it, it does make sense that they, they carry on the... They carry on the um, uh, the momentum and do a, a bit more that's focused on new players. I, I, I can tell that, like you see it on the forums a bit, where people are sort of like, "Oh God, more new player stuff." Um, mm-hmm. when, you know, when are we going to talk about late game stuff? Um, but we, you know, we, Elite has been incredible. Is a, quite a difficult game for new players to get into. And do you remember when the Spider Mind Games chaps were on and they were saying that the the single most consistent comment they got from um, people who messaged them about Elite Battle Cards was, "Oh yeah, I, I bought Elite Dangerous, played it once for a couple of hours, couldn't get into it, and dropped it." Um, well, the I, thing I, is, though, that the time to do that isn't when Elite is selling at full price on Steam; it's when it's cheap. Uh, it'll be cheap. It, it'll be cheap again. Um, well, that, and that's when you do your new player stuff. You don't do your new player stuff when it's full price. Yeah, well, but I'm wondering, wasn't it on sale just a couple of weeks ago, though? It's 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 often on sale. I guess the thing is that you can't really. 
like the, the new player stuff is, is not the kind of it's not the kind of focus that you can ramp up for a weekend and then drop again. Like you kind of need to um like the April update was was a four month thing and the streams that they're doing around it are over a couple of weeks. When the game is cheap is determined by sort of you know the 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 commercial calendar like bank holiday weekends and that sort of thing like it's a it's a completely different time scale it'll be well, discounted for a weekend steam summer sale or something like that coming up exactly soon. yeah yeah precisely um I, I don't know it's just a it's just just um just thoughts i guess but yeah uh a um another discovery scanner would be wonderful those were so <laughs> popular um valeria is making a very poignant term that advanced in quotes is a very subjective and personal thing Advanced in terms of player progress. Play, pl- advanced, advanced elite dangerous is a personal thing. So what I might consider advanced might be very different to what Shen considers advanced. Might be very different to what Walt considers advanced. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Correct. I guess a very good point. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, maybe a uh, maybe an asset of Discovery Scanner episodes. Advanced combat, advanced exploration, advanced BGS with special guest Walt Kerman, for example. <laughs> yes, that would make a lot of sense, actually. Get you know, getting getting people who are okay at the risk of blowing your horn, Walt. You know, getting people who are experts in their field from the community on to talk about what they know about might make a bit of sense. Yeah, I could at the very least recommend people who would be more experts than me, even, and then you could bring them on board. Ugh, modesty. We love it. We love it. All right, before we blow too many horns, um, what else? Get in-game events, uh, nothing. But there's been a new paint job for. Um, oh God, I think they've probably run out of this. The uh, the the run on the the run on the frontier store must have been an absolute stampede. I don't know how many servers the they had. I don't know how many servers they had to add. Yeah, the AWS to cope with the demand for the keelback. Imagine the electricity use. Must have just been formidable. Oh, we, we mustn't be rude about the keelback because it, <laughs> it, it it is a fun ship to fly, and you and it's the only ship I, I, I know of that you can waggle the thrusters and make it look amused. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so don't just didn't... the thrusters keelback. Don't just keelback because <laughs> it has a good waggly thruster. All right. Sorry for all you waggle enthusiasts out there, um, but we are of course discussing this week's hottest news: the new paint jobs available for the keelback. Um, so that we happened. haven't had. We actually haven't had a new flight suit, um, not paint job, but output, have we? So we went through a phase just after Horizons where you'd get new flight suit designs nearly every week, but mm. it's been over a year since we've had a new one. I think, I think Prexpo was the last time we had one. Yeah, I, I guess they. Um, I guess after. Uh, I guess my thinking on that would be that if um, if they introduced. Uh, hollow me in the horizons update it made sense to give people a, a, the bare minimum to customize their commander but obviously they don't want to they don't want to uh, they don't want to start selling too many cosmetics because it, it begs the question of what the hell are these for we can't move um which is a valid question and also if if space legs is coming in 2020 which the smart money says is um then obviously you want to keep your powder dry for all the the millions of cosmetic sales for when we're scampering around ships and stations, like carefree young gazelles. Well, I don't think if gazelles are carefree, they don't tend to turn into old gazelles because they get munched. But well, that's, a, that's a very um, good point. I don't know. I just kind of I want something more than ship paint jobs, really. Hmm. 
Um, and also, I want a different design because you know how you can buy the jackets and the boots and stuff like that. Well, they all seem to make you look a bit like a, a Han Solo character. Isn't that the point? Yeah, but there's yeah, a problem with that. Okay, so Frontier, if you're listening, if you could make a gold Princess Leia bikini for Shan, that would be fantastic. I don't think so somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Missed opportunity, bean counters. You could be selling them. Uh, You could be selling millions of them. Um, All right, well, before we we get too far down the Shan and the bikini route... um, the development news and in-game events section of our show notes is a barren wasteland. Yeah, yeah. I think we're just moving on to the main discussion now. I we think. were. Absolutely. No, I think I think we're. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll do an ad quickly um, and then get, get give everybody a chance to get sorted. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple. Or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> we buy any ship. Bar none. We buy any ship. Bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship. Bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship Bar None are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with dodgy space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is... We take any ship. We buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Adder, Anaconda, Asp, Bauer, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Moray, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsel, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Thargoid vessels. Lave Radio. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Hello, greetings, commanders. On to the main discussion. Um, so we have Walt Kerman here, um, who is is very well known in the community, mainly as a the doyen of uh, the BGS, uh, the leader of the both the Mercs and the Dukes of McCun. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Technically, uh, originally, uh, the Dukes of McCun was our faction. Um, I started the game and I sort of found a, uh, a faction, the most underdog faction I could in the entire game, and it was called the Dukes of McCun. It was in McCun, surprise, and uh, the population in the system was uh, a little shy of 1,200 people. <laughs> so very small. Only one tiny outpost. No outfitting, no... I don't think you can even... Uh, I'm not. You can't even resupply your weapons there, okay? So... <laughs> Anyway, now it's a now it's a seventy system seventy plus system thing. So um, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and then as for the Mercs, so the Mercs was the player group originally that supported the Dukes and McCoon faction. So the Mercs was the player group, but then um, uh, we actually had the first CG ever. And uh, when we got that CG, they built us a station. Frontier was very kind to us, um, gave us a station. We had done a lot of uh, bug testing for them, um, and that's why uh, they. Uh, gave us a CG and it, was, it really was a first CG. And then, uh, when we got our station, they surprised us with two more factions that they gave us. 
And then after this, they realized, oh, we should probably leave uh, each group to only having one faction because then everyone wanted one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So they standardized it after that point. So we have some, we have two legacy factions as well. One's, uh, so the original was the Dukes of McCoon, second was uh, Mercs of McCoon, and then we have one called the Guild of Seferis. Uh, Seferis was the name of the star system and is also one of our players uh, early on who died. So they, oh, uh, yeah, they uh, named the star system after him. Very, again, very, very uh, kind of frontier. And uh, I think Seferi is actually, Seferis is actually one of the uh, NPCs you might encounter randomly, random named, you know, you might encounter in game. We've, we've gotten oh, nice. two, two or three pictures of him so far <laughs> flying <laughs> out there. Two or three sightings. Yes. Nice. Um, and um, uh, you have started, uh, you have a new venture that you've started, um, which has been making waves. Would you like to tell us about it? Yes. Okay. So there's something called uh, what we're calling the coalition. Um, uh, so, I, and I have a great pleasure here today to get to represent uh, this. It's a, it's a, well, it's a coalition of groups. <laughs> so, um, getting to represent uh, many different uh, groups here, and uh, the, essentially the coalition is a, a mutual defense pact and council of independence. So, uh, groups belonging to the Federation Empire and Alliance have a larger hold to look to for protection, whereas the independents do not. So, uh, well, let me say, uh, with the alliance being the exception in some circumstances for independence. So, um, anyway, as a, a mutual defense pact, the coalition seeks to protect its signatories and associates from, uh, you know, bullying powers, uh, other player groups, Thargoids, um, Empire Federation, and even the Alliance as well. Uh, and uh, the coalition is unique, by the way, in that its decisions uh, must be unanimously approved by all signatories. So let's say you're a signatory. Um, uh, you would get to, um, uh, you, there's, there, you will never uh, have to do something you didn't vote for. So no decision is made without express consent by all groups. And any final changes, by the way, are recorded by vote, added to our guiding document. So as a result, the coalition represents the intersection where all these uh, signatories agree. Hmm. And uh, I could list off the uh, who's part of this, if you're interested. Uh, let's. Shan had a question first. Let's. Um, what did you want to ask, Shan? Yeah, I was going to ask a little bit more about the um, the organisation of you, of the coalition organisation, um, and basically, you, you mentioned everything has to be a unanimous decision. Uh, so, yeah. who has the casting vote? Because if everyone, uh, you know. It, Surely there are some things that aren't unanimous and has to be a casting vote somewhere. So I'm just wondering how it works as a in-game alliance because I fully realise, in effect, yes, it uh, yes it uses in-game mechanics and stuff to um, bring people together. But am I correct in thinking is that it's almost a in quotes role play alliance in that you know you don't see a member of a different player group in real life and go and beat them up or anything like that. It's, it's kind of like it's a purely in-game centric thing. Um, well, um, so this is all, we don't like meet necessarily in-game, so we go through Discord sort of similar to how we're doing right now um, for Live Radio. Um, sometimes we'll discuss things over voice. Um, uh, for most things, though, it'll be over uh, um, chat because 
it's uh, too hard to get this many groups and there's a sizable number of groups involved um, on at the same time, you know, time zones and everything like that. And so who has the vote? Um, every, every full signatory. So if you are a signatory and you are, um, you are committed to uh, this mutual defense, um, you, you get a vote or so one, each group gets uh, three people on the council and uh, one of those is a voting member. Um, uh, just so we don't have to double up the votes, that, that's the only reason why. So we, that, you know, you know um, and then uh, there's also two witnesses as well. So that um, you, you know, that way there's somewhat some more presence than one person, you know, being able to view all of it and then trying to transfer everything back. So that way um, they can, uh, it, you know, more, more people are aware of what's going on essentially. So did that answer your question about the vote there? Kind of. So it's, it's, it's more of a one group, one vote. There's not like an electoral college system where yes. if, if, if a group has is bigger than the other, it then gets more votes allocated to it because it's a bigger group or something like that. Well, that wouldn't matter in a uh, system where it's a unanimous vote anyway, because all it would take is one vote to, um, to stop it, essentially. So even if you had 25 votes and I had one, I could still essentially stop it. So there is the danger that um, there could be uh, uh, something stopping or holding up the system, right? One person is voting no on everything. But, uh, it's, but essentially, so I th- we all sort of respect that. There, there are some things we've implemented to, um, to, to go around that, if, there is an issue, but it's very difficult, and um, it's it's really does have to be unanimous. Um, yep. Yeah. So are there any are there any particular rules that you have to abide by? Because I know, so for example, the Mobius group, there's no PVP in the in the um, private group in the Mobius group unless it's you know within a certain bounds. What's the what's the rules that you're asking members to? adhere to uh we don't we don't uh tell any groups uh forbid them from doing anything really um we, we even allow um so mutual defense uh, let, let's say let's say you attack another uh group um we we wouldn't have to defend you if, if all of a sudden you get attacked back because you know <laughs> that's not really our fault and it's really supposed to be a defense pack um however uh let's say we, we don't really look at PVP as it we're ba- it's basically a mutual defense for um, uh, the BGS essentially so the in-game factions um, I don't think we necessarily come to defend for uh, PVP but we can every group's allowed to do that it's just not you're not bound to it you know what I mean yeah. um, as for what groups are, are allowed and or not allowed to do uh, we don't really interfere with the uh, individuality of all these groups. So it's really supposed to be, it's, it's, it really is a mutual, uh, a coalition of independence. So you, we don't want to tell you what government time type you can be, what, what activities you can or can't do. And there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different types of activities all these player groups like to do. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. Ben. Just, I mean, to give a concrete example of voting, um, I know there's recently been a couple of people who have asked to become associates, and we went off and we've had a full vote with everybody in the coalition already, and then passing that down to individual members, 
certainly in, in Lave, any in the Lave Radio Network, it's like, okay, do we want this group to join us? This is some information about them, and then the Lave, the people who are in Lave Radio Network then voted on that, and you know, we reached a consensus inside of Lave Radio Network, and then whoever made a vote in the coalition to say yes or no, whether this we want these guys to come join us. Okay, yes. Yeah, so uh, I guess there I should talk about the different types of uh, membership. So there's the full signatory, so those are the ones that get the vote and witnesses. And then there's something called uh, independent guaranteed factions and also associates, which is what you mentioned. So associates are uh, they're groups that are friendly to us or they're looking to become full members. And it's sort of a, a tryout period because I think uh, since it's a unanimous vote thing um, – for the full signatories, everyone would be very hesitant to uh, allow like a new member and they don't know well. So the associate gives uh, the chance for the signatories to play with and become familiar with uh, these new potential members. And we also um, uh, will try to protect the associates. So um, uh, as for uh, they don't they don't get the vote a uh, vote though, but they also aren't aren't required to do anything for any vote. It's just like a group of friends that we can play with and increase the people we play with and then eventually get on signatory. Independent guaranteed faction is um, someone, a faction we've guaranteed, someone who's positive in the community, like the Fuel Rats. Or, and the Fuel Rats aren't an um, uh, 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 independent guaranteed faction, by the way, but the Hull Seals are. Uh, and so if you, if you are a faction that provides a benefit to the community but wants to remain neutral, then you can get the independent guaranteed thing. So we, you can get the benefits of mutual defense without having to provide it back. So basically we're saying you are good guys in the group. And then... Um, so turning that concrete again, if let's say the whole seals were to get in, attacked by the fuel rats for sake of argument. <laughs> yeah, um, unlikely. <laughs> yeah, it that might would be a scandal, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be so fun. Oh, I know what we're doing for April Fool's next uh, next year. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole seals declare war. Could ask the coalition for help, and yes, then help go up and beat up the beat up some rats. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the whole seals would win because they'd repair each other. Well, they'd the repair each other. Fuel rats. Yeah, that's just, true. The fuel rats would just kind of scoop them to death or something. You know? Could the fuel rats make fuel air bombs though? Oh, they'd, they'd they'd yeah, they they could just throw limpets at them, couldn't they? Or, or, or they could uh, they could uh, stipulate that the engagements are very far out, um, <laughs> far away <laughs> from scoopable stars. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, who is in the coalition so far? Okay, uh, so the signatories are the Mertz and McCann, that's my group, uh, the Outer Rim Outcast Coalition, the Jolly Cooperators, SSL, which is the Sons of the Seven Lords, they are the Hungarian community. They are the most uh, populous faction, aren't they? Yes, they are. That is correct. They have more uh, people in their factions. And so that's what they focused on. So we're sort of focusing on system presence. Uh, they've, uh, they probably could be tied with us if they wanted to easily or, or above us. But they've, they've played the game in hard mode and <laughs> gone for specifically targeting these big systems. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's time consuming. <laughs> yes. And also <laughs> big systems. Yeah, big systems are also harder to influence. So you've got to have a really good uh, team behind you that's active. So uh, anyway, uh, then there, so I say Kunlan. Uh, there is a this uh, player group uh, called the Lave Radio Network. You might have heard of them. Bunch of uh, yeah. Uh, 
SGE, which is the first great expedition, also known as IGER. Ah, yeah, Wishblend and her 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 gang. Yeah, um, uh, and then there's um, uh, uh, Axie, which is the Anti-Xeno Initiative. So they're the uh, number one on the leaderboards uh, for uh, Thargoid, anti-Thargoid stuff, and then Hive as well. Um, uh, they're also uh, they're they're also way up there on the leaderboard. I think they're second place or last time I checked. Um, which was actually a little bit while ago, so that might be outdated. Um, but they're also a massive uh, and great group of guys uh, that do anti-Thargoid stuff, and they'll teach you how to get involved in that. Um, as for the independent guaranteed factions, uh, we have Operation Ida, so they repair stations and stuff. So if you want to get involved with uh, fixing all those stations that the Thargoids have damaged, they're the guys to contact. Uh, the Hull Seals just joined as an independent guaranteed faction, so we'll have repairs... Uh, uh, People repairing us soon for all these operations. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, nice. Yes, uh, and then uh, the associates who new associates who've asked to be on board is Da Vinci Corp. I sort of mentioned them earlier as uh, um, tied with us, or usually one ahead of us for systems controlled. And are they then, a, um, an independent guaranteed faction, or are they a signatory? Oh, they're an associate, so they're we're looking to become signatories. Right. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, then there's a DPLC uh, as associate, uh, United Systems Imperium as an associate, and Resonance Fleet as an associate. So associate, again, is basically people who are very friendly with us and usually looking to become signatories, so that's not necessary. We will protect you if you're an associate, um, but the the members aren't bound to do so, but we will try our best because uh, we, want, we want them involved, and these are people we have a great respect for and will hopefully come and defend us. So. I see. So, do you like have an arch nemesis? If you see what I mean, who are you competing against? Uh, we uh, do not have one yet. We're trying to be friendly. Um, uh, I think there we occasionally uh, uh, people might oppose a big faction like this being created, but we really uh, do not want to uh, um, be the bullies. We're, we're really we are really uh, focused on becoming uh, the good guys. It's a mutual defense pact, so. You know, if anyone, uh, we, we don't have, we aren't enemies to anyone, even if uh, maybe, maybe someone doesn't like us. So, so, so what if um, 52% of people of an existing faction want to leave and 48 doesn't? How, For what? How, well, so you, oh, you, you've got <laughs> bingo cards at the ready. <laughs> I had to get in, but, you know, I'm just thinking, of, you know, because. I've got quite a lot of experience in MMOs and alliances and stuff like that in other games. Um, Shan, what so kind of MMOs the, do you have experiences in, just out of interest? Uh, World of Warcraft, uh, Age of Conan, uh, Star Wars, uh, amongst others. <laughs> what? What? Any others? A few, most of them. <laughs> anyway, my, my point is, my point is, is that running an alliance can be really time-consuming, and it can come yeah. up with where. where a, a partner in your alliance has actually, we'd rather go and do our own thing. Um, do you kind of like demote them to a like a, a friend of, or do you kick them out and say, don't ever talk to us again? What's the, oh, I'm interested in the structure because the game itself is very poor in giving a, a guild or clar- a squadron leader or alliance leader the tools which they need to manage their alliance. So I'm very keen to see how you get around those in-game restrictions. 
Well, I guess the in-game restriction sensor are any it has to be completely outside of game. There's absolutely zero ways to form an alliance with anything in game or something like that. So, uh, since it's all outside the game, we can sort of structure it however we want. So that's the benefit there. But uh, let's say a faction wanted to leave, um, they have their one voting diplomat, and we can't say keep you in there if you don't want to be there. So you can you can go if you want. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I mean, I have the main reason for it. I always saw was it gives it empowers and enables smaller factions. It gives us a, it gives smaller factions a bunch of people who they can ask for help if they're having problems. Yeah, and, and by the way, uh, if if there's a let's let's say um, go back to this question real quick. Uh, let's say there's some people in the faction who wanted to leave. I think that's what he was asking. Like, let's say fifty two percent wanted to leave versus forty eight who wanted to stay. I think that's up to the internal. Uh, operation of each faction, and then they'll come to us and say, uh, decide what they want to do, the leadership, however it's structured. So um, uh, all that's up to each individual group, though. We don't affect that in any way. So what were you saying, uh, Ben? I guess, I mean, if, if 48% wants, let's say three quarters of Lay Radio Network wants to leave the coalition, then it would be up between you and I to figure out how we leave, why we want to leave. Maybe we might have a hard a hard border, maybe we no, might not. No. Can we stop? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but ben is trying to embroil you in our British domestic Brexit. politics. I'm very <laughs> okay. wall. I'm very Take an American. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh, Alien has a question. Um from the chat. Uh, sorry if, I mis- if I've mispronounced your name. Um what about us solo players not affiliated with any groups? Oh, uh, yes. So uh, there is a coalition public discord. So you can we have a tag specifically for that. um, And that's sort of what we want this thing to be. It's not just for groups. That's actually a very good question. So it's not just for groups. Um, uh, This is mainly well, and and the part it is for groups is that it's mutual defense, but also you get a whole bunch of new playmates. So on the coalition public discord, all these groups come together and have events and stuff. And we invite outside players as well who don't belong to groups. So you can be in solo play and, and participate in things like station repair. I think we're going to have station repair days eventually from uh, Operation Ida. Um, we're going to have Thargoid training days as well, which might be it might be hard in some cases if you're a solo player to participate in some of these events because in, in many cases they are going to be a, um, a sort of a multiplayer thing so you can meet new people and have, and have wingmates, so to speak, because that's what a lot of people are interested in. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah. That's brilliant. So does uh, do you accept factions that are empire or federation leaning also? Um, no, these are just for independence, uh, and not because we have anything against them. Um, uh, let's see, not because we have anything against empire, uh, federation, or alliance. It's just that the independents don't have something like this. Like there's a unifying uh, whole for the Federation Empire and Alliance, but the independents don't have one and that's sort of how this functions. So you have some other independents. That makes sense. Um, is there a um, is there a, an aspiration to be considered a superpower eventually? Um, I think if uh, not, not necessarily power play uh, let me clarify that, but I think that right now um, uh, I don't think we We'd be open to that. Uh, and right now, we are actually one-third the size of the Alliance in terms of systems. 
but that I think I think at the most uh, people would be interested if if that was to be if that was to happen would be just like a, a tag or something that said you know like the coalition just to show that the alliance existed or not yeah the alliance or uh, between our groups and stuff so yeah yeah that makes sense okay um so yeah so so eventually if if all goes well you wouldn't be adverse to seeing in game like a like a unifying in-game identity like the like the little federation empire and alliance logos yeah, that, that the factions have yes yeah that'd be really cool um uh, we actually uh, sort of uh, have adopted the um so the you know how there's the alliance symbol the federation symbol and the empire symbol well they have a symbol for uh, if you're an independent faction uh, we yeah. sort of adopted that for the coalition oh, um cool. uh, we wouldn't be opposed to that uh, we'd actually like that i think um uh, but if that was to happen, we'd certainly have to get everybody on board, not just the coalition, but uh, other groups like the Empire, the Federation, um, and the Alliance would have to think it was cool and other players as well. Because for one thing, uh, you have to think about it, like Frontier wouldn't be interested in doing this unless everyone's interested, you know? So we really yeah. have to be good. We really have to have a strong diplomatic team and making friends. So we, so trust me when I say we aren't out here to uh, have a nemesis, so to speak, although as a mutual defense pact, uh, we will defend each other if there is uh, someone attacking us. Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, so a lot of uh, a lot of elite politics takes place on Discord, and um, it does not all translate into manifesting in game in any way. Um, how much have how much of the of the has the coalition's existence so far been chattering on Discord versus actual in-game tangible effects that players can experience? Uh, it's almost all on Discord. So um, if there was a, a squadron that we could all join, you can only be part of one squadron though, and most of these groups want to have their own because it helps track their track their factions and stuff. And most yeah. of these groups have an in-game faction. In fact, I think they all do or they are planning on getting one. Um, so uh, if that was possible and you could join two squadrons, which would be awesome. Uh, that would we, be we very have, good. <laughs> yeah, we could, because then you could be part of the, the fuel rats too. We, there's so many conflicts with this, uh, you know, uh, but let's say you could join, a, a, you know, we could have one for the coalition as a whole. Mm. Uh, that would be great because then we could have a coalition-wide chat in-game, but since that's not a possibility, then we have to stick to discord which is also still very useful and that's why there's that public discord and then we can involve uh um, solo players or people not belonging to a group like was asked earlier um to participate yeah yeah okay and um is there a um geographically is the coalition based in a certain part of the bubble or are signatories from all over um, originally, there was something before the coalition called the Border Coalition, um, and they were uh, this this group, and it has many of the same signatories. Uh, were on the outside of the bubble. They were it was like the uh, uh, groups on the edge of civilization, but we decided to make it more um, inclusive. And now it's just independence from anywhere. For example, uh, we're on the very edge of space, the Dukes of Macon. We have our uh, we're on the side of space towards. Uh, um, uh, Sagittarius, and then uh, let's see, uh, yeah, Corward, and then uh, uh, Lave Radio, for example, is right smack in the middle of populated systems. <laughs> so, yeah, very different positions, and and and, and then on the far the other side, uh, uh, towards the rim, you've got uh, Axie and the Hive and Operation Ida. So, 
were really all over the place. Ah, interesting. Um, and um, I guess that on one note I made earlier was uh, to ask, what is the, um, now that you've mentioned it, what is the status of the border coalition now? Um, uh, the status of the border coalition now, uh, so since uh, basically, I feel like I sort of have to uh, provide a lot of background to that, but um, it is it exists as it always has currently, although right now I would say it is largely redundant. So we're thinking about um, uh, just letting, uh, just maybe shutting it down and because it might be causing more confusion <laughs> yeah. than, uh, than it's helping. So that, that, that might happen. We'll, we're still working on what we want to do with that. And there's a lot of other stuff going on. It's been hard to get the time to go and address that uh, properly. And, and since it's anything like that is always a sensitive matter, you really have to sit down and, and figure out how you want to do it and have put the time into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, are all the, uh, is the, is the coalition all the same signatories as the border coalition? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so, uh, let me think here. Okay. So, uh, no, there's, so there, there's one difference. Um, uh, communist minister stellar. Well, let, let me say who the original border coalition, uh, signatories were first. So uh, the, they first started out with Merckx McCunn, a communist interstellar, Kuhn Lan, and for the purposes of the Danger Games for a while, uh, the Winged Hussars. So there were yep. the Danger Games way back when these four groups uh, worked together to try to uh, be what is now, well, it would have been different from Yuri Grom, but Yuri Grom, you know, the EG essentially <laughs> won the Danger Games by a long shot. And... Uh, uh, one of the reasons the new coalition we're trying to sort of distance ourselves from the danger games because we because that uh, sort of put us at odds with other groups and we didn't really intend to be and it was a lot. Uh, yeah, I see. I see. So if you'd kept the border coalition name and run with that, it came it came with a little bit of kind of adversarial baggage, which you didn't. Want yeah, to. which wasn't even the purpose of it to begin with. We actually came up with the border coalition uh, about six months before the danger games were even announced, and then we're like, oh, this is a great idea to get involved with. And then, uh, as we learn from uh, uh, com- competitions online and stuff like this, there's salt that comes with it. And, um, uh, we sort of wanted to get past that. Anyway, um, uh, as for uh, so the membership was CI, Merckx McCunn, Kunlan, and uh, the wonderful community, Wintasars, they're the Polish community, by the way. And uh, uh, I guess. Uh, let me think. I want to put this. So we existed for many years after the Danger Games, and uh, it became clear after a while that members had sort of a different vision of what, uh, how inclusive we wanted the, uh, and not not that's not completely the right wording either, but how we want where we wanted the uh, coalition or the border coalition to go. Um, yeah. uh, so we had uh, we had a lot of new members trying to get in. And, uh, and to be fair to CI, uh, it's adding new signatory, someone who has the ability to, uh, stop the vote. Cause the vote there is also unanimous. Yeah. Um, it's a very sensitive matter because you, you, you want to know who you're bringing in, right. And they have the potential to sort of shut yeah. the whole system down and change the entire view of, of the group. So, but it was three years and we hadn't seen a new face. So, um, uh, at that point, I guess it was clear that. We uh, had different visions, and yeah, uh, I asked. 
I asked uh, Communism Interstellar's opinion from the wonderful and knowledgeable Jane Turner, who's very good at the BGS. Uh, um, and she's the representative, not the leader. She's very, um, she likes to stress of CI, but the representative, because they don't really have a leader. All, everything in their group sort of like a unanimous decision as well. Um, uh, uh, and to, for permission to uh, create a new coalition, and she said that was absolutely fine. Um, so we left the border coalition as it was and then created the coalition so I could uh, get these new members in and a part of something. Because if you ma- imagine uh, three years is a very long time mm. for a video game. <laughs> especially with people trying to get in and uh, we're trying to keep people's interest. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, we, I just wanted to create, create the coalition and, and mutual defense pact and get up, get the rest of the people involved. Cause that's really what I'm here for is to play with other groups. And we left the invitation open to CI, um, uh, who, by the way, they're, they're, they have been one of my favorite groups in game. I have nothing against them at all. Um, and I really want, I really want them to join, but, um, as the coalition grows and I understand this, um, uh, we had uh, it sort of it's, it's diverged, I think, from the vision they were expecting at the Border Coalition. And, and here's a good example. Um, uh, with the addition of Hive and Axie, they're anti-Xeno groups. They fight Thargoids. Uh, they are very uh, anti-Thargoid, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Communism Interstellar, on the other hand, is, um, I wouldn't say Thargoid-friendly, but Thargoid... Uh, uh, sympathetic might be a good word. Uh, yeah. So they aren't. They, they are agnostic. Yes, they are open to the possibility that the Thargoids are the victim. So uh, it 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 has it has put them at odds, I guess, with what the, tho- the coalition is turning into, and that's very. We, we do. We're going to have a lot of anti-Thargoid events because we got these. We've got these massive player groups that are really big, that are all based around this content that Frontier is providing. Yeah. Um, uh, which is anti-Thargoid. And if there was more content uh, that was provided Probably by Thargoid. Frontier that was a pro-Thargoid or even Thargoid sympathetic, maybe we'd have something to do. But most of us here to play the you know the game, so <laughs> we're yeah. sort of playing the we're pushing the buttons that Frontier's putting in front of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And following yeah, that and following sense. that path. So uh, that sort of so they that's one of the things that uh, they've told me is one of the reasons why they would are, are not joining. So, which uh, yeah. is sad. So, so you, I guess the lesson here is that, you know, uh, the coalition isn't for everyone in the same way that, um, uh, the empire, the federation, and even the alliance might not be, might not be for everyone. Yeah. Okay. So good question. Um, the coalition versus the alliance, I don't mean versus in a, in a combative sense. I mean, um, I mean, comparatively. So the alliance is obviously, um, ostensibly an alliance of independent systems, um, law-wise united by commitments to democracy and free markets and stuff. Um, what is... Uh, why did you not feel that the alliance already offered independent groups what you feel the coalition exists to provide? Well, uh, for one, I don't think you can really, since uh, I think the alliance is, well, I know it is, the alliance is completely in, in control. Their storyline is in control by Frontier, and you can't really join it. There's no mechanic to do so. I think Mayhem even has uh, preferred uh, systems or preferred uh, government types. Um, uh, so uh, it sort of excludes uh, some groups. And in some cases, these mechanics, yeah, in some cases, these mechanics put uh, um, the uh, 
players at odds with other independent factions uh, or the Alliance. So um, uh, I think uh, there was conflict around Lave at one, one point um, similar to that. Uh, but I guess what I want to say is the coalition isn't a threat to the Alliance. I don't even think that the Alliance of Independent Systems and the coalition should be at odds. Um, uh, the Alliance, as I see it, would be more likely to support the coalition. Yeah, we, are, we, yeah, we aren't even a threat to elements uh, within the Alliance that is, say there are some. If, yeah. if there are, that's seek to promote conflict with us, uh, prevent or harass independence to blaze their own trail, such as forming a coalition. I think acting that way sort of goes against the pro-independent nature of the alliance anyway. Uh, we will strive to protect the signatories and associates if anyone is if anyone takes issue, let's say, and attacks us, yeah. including the minor faction Lave Radio Network. Uh, fortunately, uh, I don't think acting this way reflects frontier and alliance backed lore, and nor does it represent the majority of alliance backed players. Uh, so I really don't think this is going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that makes that makes perfect sense. It's uh, it's um uh it it that looser sort of non formal arrangement allows you to um, have a much broader church and a much wider range of activities um, and allegiances and things. Yeah, and l- let me say this too: uh, we seek to friendly relations with the alliance. We really do. And uh, I, su- I suppose on that note, I would like to mention that there is an alliance coalition joint CQC event in the Coalition Public Discord this coming Saturday. Oh, cool. So we'll announce more about that. So we actually haven't announced it yet, so this is my first time to announce that publicly, I guess. But we'll put information on that. Plug yes. away. We'll put information up on that soon. You don't even have to come into the Coalition Discord to participate. You just need to go Saturday, although uh, you might need to see what time it is when we post that. Uh, but you could just try to join CQC at that moment, and there we will be playing with our, alliance, our new Alliance friends from the Flat Galaxy Society. Oh, did you say that that is um, the CQC Discord? No, it's uh, the Public Coalition Discord. Right. Um, although, again, if you're we're playing on CQC, you can join us just by searching for a game. Essentially, is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Ventura, can we or or somebody could we pop the invite to the Coalition Public Discord into the Twitch chat? Um, I was actually. Go on. Sorry, Steve. No, I was going to. This was a good segue, actually. I was going to ask, what sort of uh, events do you run as an alliance uh, for either for alliance members or for people who just want to turn up? Because uh, that's one of the key things people want to know. You know, what sort of things do you do other than get involved in the BGS and mutual defence stuff? Yes, so uh, that's what the public coalition Discord is for. It's supposed to be. Uh... Um, meeting place for all these groups to play together. So we're going to try to host events once a week. We're hoping to do um, so, so far, here's what we've done so far. Um, since it's pretty new, we've only done one event and that was uh, um, this past, uh, like I think two weeks ago or so where we did a, um, a PVP event and there was uh, it's like a small ship uh, um, PVP battle where people brought their engineered sidewinders and eagles and then they escorted a capital ship, which is just a, um, uh, a sort of a weapon-nerfed, engine-nerfed anaconda with a player in it. <laughs> and then uh, they were escorting this capital ship and trying to destroy the capital ship of another player's that was being escorted as well by Sidewinders and Eagles. So you sort of had a capital ship battle where people were flying around these small ships. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, but uh, this coming week is going to be CQC, and other events we're hoping will be hosted Will be um, uh, uh, anti-thargoid like preparation where people will retrain you how to uh, um, 
uh, and show you what you need to fight Thargoids. And then um, another one will be Station Repair, hosted by Operation Ida. Uh, hopefully, they're working on that. Um, and I love the uh, idea of the capital ship battle. That's, that's so yeah. that sounds really great fun. It was fun. We actually had some Lave Radio Network people participate. Ah, marvellous. Ben, did you want to chip in? I was just wondering, actually, um, could the... Playing devil's advocate slightly here, but you were mentioning earlier that the coalition didn't really give a monkeys about a systems government types and so on. Oh yeah, we we don't care uh, what you. Yeah, so the I guess plain devil's advocate could that potentially mean that as far as the alliance is concerned, and this is the this is Edmund Mahon and you know nothing to do with play groups, nothing to do with any of that, but you know the political entity of the alliance could they potentially see the coalition as a safe harbor for some of the the seedier elements of the commanders and and systems like that. Like pirates or griefers and yeah. stuff like that. Well, pirates, smugglers, you know, scum of the earth. Okay, I or, got or you. Murder um, hobos, no. Yeah, murder, yeah. Being purely sort of in-universe kind of thing rather than an out-of-universe kind of idea. Yes, yeah, so uh, I think that uh, it would be hard for a group that does um, a lot of uh, real negative uh, uh, murdering to get in because it requires a unanimous vote. So we'd all have to be like, oh, yes, we, we want that and, and vote them in. So it's not going to happen. But um, uh, I could see potentially, and this hasn't happened yet, let's say there was a group of gentlemen pirates. Um, uh, we could potentially, uh, we really we really have no interest on telling what groups what they can and can't do within their own communities. Uh, zero interest can- whatsoever. <laughs> You should tap up the Screaming Eagles. They are a marvellous group of gentlemen pirates. And some, yes. and some gentle women as well. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, we wouldn't be opposed to it. So I guess they could view us that way. Um, uh, we just uh, we really want these groups to blaze their own trail. And we're really here to... Um, we want people to have fun in the community. We want people to play their own game. So I'm not, it, it would be very counterproductive if we were there telling people how they should play the game. Um, so, you know, everyone should have their fun. And, um, uh, we sort of, the coalition is that, like I said earlier, is that intersection of, uh, where we all agree on the game and where it should go. What if, uh, what if I've got a very big, successful, populous, um, player group called Soove's Noob Slayers and our idea of a really, really good Saturday evening is, uh, hovering over, uh, Farseer Inc. and blowing, uh, blowing anybody under competent uh, combat rank to shreds. Um, is there a place for me in the coalition? Well, I'd say you're more than welcome to uh, apply as an associate, <laughs> and, then, and then you'd have to get a unanimous vote to become an associate, and uh, you'd have to uh, you're, put up a very, very persuasive argument on how this is positive <laughs> to the community, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, and then if you were successful in that, wow. I'd be very surprised, but you know, everything's possible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's a couple of other questions. Um, how does one become a, uh, well, first of all, how does one become an associate and then how does one progress from there to being a full member? Talk us through that. 
Yes. Okay. So I'm actually writing up a document on that right now. So it's a little clear because I think we've got a lot of people um, asking to be a part and they aren't quite familiar on the process. So I guess this would be a good place to start. Um, the first step, uh, let's say you're a group, an independent group who wants to get on board and uh, is similar to if you're just an independent pilot and that's just to contact us. So if you want to if you're an independent pilot, you can just be a part through the public discord. If you are a independent group, yeah, join the public discord too, but there's also a, a group called the coalition, uh, diplomatic Corps, And so you join that and you can make contact with us there. We'll make a special private room for you where you can tell us about your group. And then, uh, we learn that we'll sort of look into the situation, your, your, uh, your politics. We do, we really do a sort of in-depth background check, um, uh, because we, with a mutual defense pack, you know how it goes. Uh, we'd want to be surprised. Uh, uh, and it's good to be honest with us because we having, everyone has uh, conflicts, prior conflicts, I guess. Um, uh, but it's good that we can get on top of those and then try to find a way to put out those fires. Um, yeah. and then, uh, um, let's see what we do then is you'd ask to be an associate. We would, have a unanimous vote or not, um, uh, where we'd let you in. And even if you don't have a unanimous vote, uh, which we've had one recently on a, on a faction, uh, we, they didn't get in as associates, but we told them we'd help them out and try to, uh, try to solve their existing issues first. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, that, that's, that's one thing that's happening right now. Um, cause we're, we're, we're here, here to help, but, um, at the same time, I think sometimes, uh, player group of these, these signatories are, we, we don't want to fight, the universe <laughs> you're def- it's sort of hard to defend everyone you know what i mean so yeah. um uh, we'll, we'll try our best to exalt, uh, to resolve issues and then uh, once we get the resolve for you then we can get you on as an associate so don't be upset if you don't get on immediately and then once you're an associate if you want to progress past that you don't have to if you don't want to um uh, you will, would ask again and then uh we'd vote for you to be a signatory um but before that uh i think you have to be participate in like three events in our public discord so uh that's why we're trying to we're interested in getting it set up and we might not might even get rid of the uh participating events in the public discord if you participate in other ways let's say mutual defense and things like that so we're looking for some sort of activity and it's not necessarily there's not no real benchmark for it but um uh the benchmark would be if you if you're active then we will be more familiar with you so uh these groups will be more likely to uh vote you in and since it needs to be unanimous you sort of need to be friends with the other groups so they know who you are so being active and participating in mutual defense calls for mutual defense even though you're not obligated to you and you aren't obligated to as an associate um uh but i think that would go really favorably people are like wow this guy's an associate and they're, they're coming to help out when, when people are in trouble or you know the whole seals need help uh they, they aren't gonna, they can't send you back because they want to be neutral um, but you're out there, you're helping them, and you're a positive. So you, we, we see you as a positive effect on the community, right? Yeah. So then you're, you're more likely to get in. I see. Yeah. So there's a, there's an emphasis on potential members being a positive influence on the community rather than a sort of um, rather than just taking anybody. Um, but it also sounds like what that means isn't codified. It's more ad hoc. You, those decisions are, are taken collectively. Um, so you, it doesn't sound like you've got rules over what a positive contribution to the community looks like. It's more decided as you know as as those applications come in. Is that right? Yes, and that's absolutely true. And and that's that's because there's just too many um, ways, and there's it's elites always changing. I don't think the hull seals could have existed before um, you were able to repair hulls. 
They would have yeah, had a really so, hard time, wouldn't they? Yes. Um, so um, it's always changing, and there's almost no point in, in trying to codify that because uh, there are. If if we thought of that positive way to do the community, that gain, that that group would probably already be created. So um, we're always open to um, new ways that manifest itself. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, we've got a. Um, we've had a cracking submission this week um, about uh, ideas for game improvements. Um, so uh, I guess before we move on to that, I, well, thank you for giving up your evening to come and chat to us. Is there anything else that you would like, uh, any shout outs you'd like to make, any thanks you'd like to to make or other final points? Um, have we, have we, do we have the, um, the server invite to the Coalition Discord that we can pop in the Twitch chat? Um, I can give it to you. Hold on just a moment. Um, but, but while I do that, I just, uh, if I'm going to uh, give a, 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 an advertisement or, or thanks to, um, uh, it would be to uh, my player group because uh, I sort of get to be up here and be the face, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, talk on live radio or something like that. And there's a lot of guys behind me um they really do the hard work and um uh play the bgs and stuff i try to make it i try to make it a fun community for them and that'll be the merch McCoon. so if anyone's interested in being a part of that it's a it's a medium-sized group um uh, and we're it's actually very chill we, we try to make it uh, so that it's not very uh vertically integrated there's not like a lot of roles because i don't want people to fight over it so there's basically once you get your merc tag you're a merc and you're part of the community um, uh, and I don't want people fighting over like positions and stuff. And, um, basically roles of responsibility come to those who are willing to, you know, put, put in the effort. And, uh, uh, I, it's just a, it's a fun little community based around the BGS. So if faction stuff is your thing, um, uh, we'd really love to have you stop by or play with us. And even if you don't want to be a part of the community, um, uh, that specific community, there's the, um, uh, coalition public discord. You can still come and play with us in all the events of the coalition, so that, that's what I say. And on that note, I will get you the link for the uh, Coalition Public Discord. You're just going to have to deal with me a moment while I do that. <laughs> no, no worries. Look, thank you very much for coming on. Um, you are very welcome to hang out for the rest of the show. We'll probably um, Excellent. We'll probably be on another 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, and um, so if you need to go, then then do so. But if if, uh, if you're free, then do hang out, hang out and, and chip in for the rest of the show. Um, right, we're going to go to a um, an advert break, and we'll be back in a couple of seconds um, to move on to the next thing. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store, and then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. No what you really need is really big gas tank. What? With a really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, master. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, tripism, and spontaneous targle face. Use only as directed.
on the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, monkabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wapagong, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat, noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, huma huma nuka nuka wapa wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Hello again. Um, right. So we've had a, um, a really brilliant submission from uh, Commander Nash, um, who um, has written in with some ideas for game improvements. Um, this is turning into a really great tradition, actually, because we had some fantastic thoughts in uh, either last week or the week before um, from a commander whose name I can't remember. Um, that were, I, I think I thought- it was both weeks, actually, both last week and the week before we had some. Really? Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we keep this going. This is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, really, really good, well-fleshed-out ideas for how to um, how to improve the game. And this week, we've had uh, some more. So, Commander Nash has written in. I'll just read out the... Um, there are a few sections to it. So, I'll read out the first... Uh, the intro and the first one. Um, and then we can and we can tear it apart. Um, so, he says, I've got a few suggestions on things Frontier t- could do to improve the game with minimal work before the next big content drop in 2093, or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm assuming their software design is something reasonable, despite evidence to the contrary. Meow. And we want to get most bang for the buck. Uh, Generally, Frontier's big problems are their lack of useful communication. Uh, This is sick, by the way, if uh, Frontier are listening. This is is, uh, the submission, not... um not my uh, views commented here are not the thoughts and expressions of Lave Radio. Lave Radio has nothing to do with anything that you may or may not have heard. Uh, exactly. Generally, uh, so, um, yeah, generally, Frontier's pro- big problems are the lack of useful communication and a tendency to do something half assed and then let it sit without an update for too long. For example, the engineering, mining, exploration updates were all good, all great, but they took way too long. Um, so, uh, and then he goes on with idea one, CQC materials. Um, add material drops. Give each player who finishes a game a random material drop. Give anyone who scored a kill another. Give the winners um, or top half players or top team a material drop. Make it a totally random material. And suddenly even seasoned players have a reason to play. Um, also increase the credit payouts by 10 times or more. With a single courier mission paying a few thousand and a mining paying up to a billion, a few thousand for CQC ain't going to break anything. Um, it's still only useful for new players, but they probably don't care about engineering yet. Uh, code-wise, this should be trivial. So there's a little bit of, there's a little tiny bit of uh, armchair development there. Um, but uh, but yeah, okay, materials for uh, a CQC drops. What do we think? Um, well, 
I, I would expect that have to appear in your inventory because I'm not sure you'd live long enough to line your cargo scoop up and scoop them up. Yep, that's true. Um, I'd also... How would that work? I mean, would you just, like, get loads of sulfur and carbon? No, or I'm just seeing... If you, get, if you get one kill, you'll get sulfur and carbon. If you get five in a row, you'll get arsenic or something like that. I mean, it, it can work however you want it to work. I'm kind of picturing it as a... At the end of the match, it's you get a screen saying, Congratulations, Commander, you've received one credit and one ton of arsenic, one, one of this, one of this, one of this, whatever... Um, and what you give and why you give it can be worked out. I mean, I would, I would probably make it so if you get a kill, then that gives you a better material than just a I took part award. So you know, yeah, go and give grade one mats for just showing up, and give grade five mats for winning a game. Give a grade three or grade four mat for killing somebody, maybe. You know, I would. Balancing could be worked out, but I think the idea of actually getting it and it being a random drop, like a fully random drop, so you're not just getting stuff you only get from com combat, you're getting you know, stuff you get from anything. I think that would make a lot of sense. And it would give you another way of collecting stuff from doing, other than doing maybe a job you don't want to do. You don't like driving around on planets. Well, go play some CQC and you'll get some of the stuff there. Anyone? I'm just thinking it through. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a good incentive, I think, to um, to CQC. You know, because uh, let's face it, the actual monetary rewards it's pathetic. are are fairly paltry. Um, my other question is, and this is purely my min max mm. hat on, is if it takes longer for me to get the rewards through CQC than it does to find the planet or whatever it is and get them otherwise, if, if, if the materials were my goal, why would I play CQC? I'm, I'm personally seeing it more as a... You're playing CQC for the fun of playing CQC and the materials are maybe just a cherry on top. For example, um, if you win, maybe you get a grade 5 material or a Maybe you yeah. open a canister, right? And it rolls you several um, uh, random... You can have loot crates. <laughs> yes. But, but as long as you don't, you can't pay for them. Because <laughs> that opens a whole new can of worms. I like the idea of tiered... Um, I like the idea of the tiered reward. So if you win, you get grade five, and then it, and then it staggers down from there. That's really yeah. smart. But yeah, and I, maybe, I sorry, go, go Walt. Well, as you're saying, then maybe uh, the only thing saying boot crate that would be random is uh, it would be random maybe what what uh, uh, grade five material you get. And there's plenty out there, and you can always, no matter what it is, you can always go to a material trader and trade it for something else. So it's not it's not it doesn't work the same way as traditional loot crates we think of for other games. Here's mm. a quick question: Thinking about it, though, should it be congratulations? You get a Random piece, a random material drop of something that you can actually fit into your material bins, or should it be pure random? So potentially uh, you can get something and you end up with 101 out of 100 widgets. I think people's uh, I, my take on that is definitely that your your material management is your own business. Um, 
that's not that's not the way the rest of the game doesn't yeah. work like if the you know if the payout for a mission is is five biotech conductors it, the game doesn't give a shit whether you've whether your reservoir's full that's, or not you, you just actually you're raising a good point an idea actually they you could be congratulations you have won avlc yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a bloody good idea. Yeah, choice. Uh, the same as missions, having a choice. Yeah. Yes, that's about to say. Very, very good thinking. Um, yeah, so, it, I don't I think, think you, you couldn't really do reputation, I guess, but congratulations, you win some data drops or some material drops. Maybe rare goods. That would be, you know, or well, something. Maybe the, not rare goods. No, rare goods is a shit idea, isn't it? The easiest oh. thing would be, um, the easiest thing would be, uh, either rank um, money rank or materials. Who? Well, CQC. Oh, okay, yeah. So you could use it to quickly rank up and not Experience. get that. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. So you could choose to take your three. Your three potential rewards could be CQC rank, cash money, or um, or high grade materials. Potentially. Yeah, Just well, well, mats and mats of any sort. But yeah. Yeah. And I guess I the mats would be depending on what you've done. Yeah, I think most people, all of it would be, wouldn't it? Most people are probably, I think. I think most people would probably agree that um, that CQC could really do with some more incentive to play it. It, it needs some hard love, and shall we say? Yeah, um, I, I, I feel like either. I feel like at the moment the 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 challenge is that the the matchmaking is imperfect, so you can't you can't guarantee that you're going to play with your friends. But also the payout was very small. I think I feel like if they fixed. At least one of those things, it would be half the battle. Um, uh, yeah, I also like the idea that you can choose your um, uh, your your winnings, uh, what type they are, because some people might not have Horizon. Yeah. So yeah. there's. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Ventura just said, um, "How would that?" Yeah. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. like that Horizons. No, no, not at all. You, you you're right to bring it up. Um, yeah, I saw that. In the, um, I saw him say something about that there. And, I didn't hear him bring it up, so I thought I'd just point it out. Yeah, no, you did the right thing. Um, uh, other improvements that Nash suggested for CQC were um, adding Guardian fighters to the mix, um, which he says should also be easy. And I'd probably suggest the Taipan as well. Um, Hell yes! But, you know, it, it, yeah, it would be it would be brilliant. The Guardian fighters are super fun. Um, add NPCs, maybe maybe easy, maybe hard, maybe um, maybe a range of skill levels. Uh, make the arenas smaller. Uh, he's, he suggests um, more contact equals faster games. Um, buff all CQC we weapons to make time to kill smaller. Um, so, you know, make it deadlier, basically. Um, and in-game queuing. What's in-game queuing? It means, I think, where you can be doing your exploring and trading and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden you get a little pop-up message saying your CQC game is available. Do you want to enter? And you put yes, and that just that takes you in. Yeah, there, there's a lot of time spent right now waiting for a CQC game or to get put into a lobby. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, whenever I've done it, that's always been um, that's always been a massive turnoff. Actually, got to admit. Um, Not sure about Guardian Fighters because although they are really fun to fly, fly and play Tron with. They're not actually that great, not compared to the CQC tower equivalent. I mean, it could be a, a Guardian fighter with a pulse cannon, though, rather than some kind of AX weapon, I guess. Have you used the Lance? 
Yes, if you have an NPC flying them, they're complete rubbish. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I think the lance, I've got the lance. I've got to say, it's pretty pretty good. It's got rail guns on it. Um, yeah, and I know. Aren't the NPCs great at rail guns? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but not 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 the pilots aren't. They just kind of they they fire about three times, then forget they've got them. Anyway. Okay. My, uh, my 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 fighter pilot uh, is Isabella Slater, who is very posh um, and uh, very very good with railguns as well. Um, but I mean, to be fair, some of some of Nash's other suggestions are about changing changing up weapons and and, and that sort of thing. So it um, there's nothing to say that the the loadouts for the uh, the Guardian fighters couldn't be tweaked a bit. But I take your point absolutely that um, that there would be a balancing issue there completely. Um, what about uh, what do we think about the the idea of making the the matches faster paced and more deadly? Is that necessary? I don't think so. But the CQC format has been crying out for bots ever since it was introduced. Really, been crying out for bots? Oh, you meant NPCs? <laughs> I thought you meant yeah. Been yeah. crying out for people to ruin it with botting accounts <laughs> and NPC opponents. Yeah. Well, that would that would certainly go a long way to, to alleviating any problems of um, of sort of low low usage or or downtime and such. Could we also potentially have a let's say a, a massive map like all over a Coriolis and have a hundred commanders go into it and then have some kind of giant <laughs> battle royale? That's a great. Just how idea. long would it take to get a game though, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that. That sounds fun. Or objectives, objectives like uh, remember when I mentioned earlier the uh, defending the capital ship. So let's yeah. say you have some sort of thing to do where you need to destroy. It's a t- that would be a team based thing, of course. But anyway, Ben, it's in game already. It's called Open at Shinrata Desra. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, yeah. Well, that's um, that's a really good idea. That, w- that it, yeah. A bit like the oh, running the heists against the the mega ships and so on. Yeah, this is a great idea. Um, bit of armchair development from me. Surely that wouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> get, a, get, get, a, get a majestic class interdictor on one side and a Farragut on the other, and get everybody to duke it out. To, as well, that's that's a like, style thing. Yeah, the, well, remember the uh, elite, the video that I think it was when Elite first came out. It shows uh, like four sidewinders to answer a call, and they jump into these two uh, capital ships that are duking it out. This is when, when Elite pretty much first came out. Um, uh, that's what it reminded me of, and I was like, "Oh man, I really want to do that." And that'd be really cool if that was in CQC. You know, you could you could jump in, and there you are. You're 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 essentially the fighters of the capital ship as these two capital ships are duking it out. Yeah, that'd be that amazing. So good. Oh yes, the famous crash. I bring friends moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that would be that would be fantastic. A few more scenarios, definitely. Capture the flag, um, team deathmatch. Uh, one person defending a ship, one person attacking. Well, one team defending, one team attacking would be would be really really fun. I think. Um, right. Okay. So moving on. Idea two: ship launch fighter engineers. Add a new engineer to uh, or two who only does fighters. Fighters are a single module, so it can only be engineered with a single modification. And the four mods Nash should, uh, suggests are increased damage by 20% per tier, increased shields by 20% per tier, increased speed 
slash maneuverability by 20% per tier, increase all three by 10% per, per tier. They says those shouldn't be too hard to add, makes fighters more useful in a post-engineering world. If they are too powerful, it just moves the game meta to have more fighters, and fighters are fun to fly, so it's all good. Um, fighters versus further lancers for the win. Um, and the potential to add experimental effects later if they wish. What do we reckon? There's some quite interesting balancing questions uh, raised by this because um, so boring, isn't the firepower of a ship launch fighter is supposedly equal to a class three hardpoint already. Mm. So if you boost the damage, plasma. it's well, they pointed said it was class three. I'm not sure what it is in some of the later ones, but anyway, it's significant. Um, and also, it depends on how you use your fighter because I, my ship launch fighters, I tend to use them as if you like an off tank, um, in that I send them in to keep the uh, my target busy while my larger ship catches up. So is that, a, is that there's a cause and effect question there though? Do you use it for that because they're not very powerful? Or, or would you use them for that even if they were more powerful? I don't really care because they they're mobile. They're chaff with guns to me. That's all they are. Yeah, they yeah, they, they, they they take aggro. They take aggro and the attention of whatever it is I'm shooting at away from me in the same way as chaff diverts gimbals. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. They're they're chaff with guns, so it doesn't really matter to me personally you know which one if they last longer to be honest. It would, yeah that makes sense it would change the game a lot if fighters were a lot more powerful um i, I feel like the balancing the balance of them at the moment is quite good um the only, i guess my only gripe with them is that i don't feel i can use them enough because the mp because the crew the npc crew are rubbish flying my ships i just um, want my npcs to actually have a rem lock on <laughs> What do you mean? What you want them to have a rem? You don't like the look of them. You think they're ugly? No, I, I want to give my NPC crewmen a rem lock so that when they're when they die, when my ship gets blown up, they don't die. If yeah. I've gone off and spent several months raising some noob from all the the basic levels all the way up to elite, I have developed an emotional attachment to that NPC crewman, and I don't want them to die. And that you know, losing them is almost more gutting than losing the ship. Yeah, my, a friend of mine had um, a friend of mine has been uh, been leveling up Frederico Rojas um, mm. for probably four years. He's taken him from novice to dangerous, um, and he was due to uh, the the crew members level faster than than players yes. do. And, and um, Frederico Rojas was due to uh, was to reach the end of dangerous. Was approaching elite or something, were they? Yeah, no, no, just he's pushing deadly. Um, and we um we went Thargoid hunting over the weekend, and um, and sadly, Federico Rojas was lost. Oh, he bit the big one. He did. It was an emotional time. Uh, Ventura says, "I use the ship launch fighter to keep the person attacking my Type Nine from my Type Nine." Um, yeah, exactly. Do, do you fly that yourself, Ventura, or do you let the crew member do that? Normally, I fly my main ship, and the yeah, the fighter basically does the my pilot to do that, and then run away. What does Ventura say? Uh, he says, your, he says he, um, I, don't, I don't think Shan 
Jean Corte. He he said that he uses the crew member to um as to use the, to to fight a fighter and uh, act as a distraction. To yeah, because the safest, the quickest way to rebuy is to let the NPC fly your ship. Yup. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mm. let the NPC fly my ship. They are rubbish. It's a bit annoying because yeah. I really like flying the fight. Really, really like. <laughs> oh, it. they're great for hooning around in and going through canyons and stuff like that. Yeah. But in a conflict zone, uh, I just. Even elite ones are rubbish. They nowhere near as good as even Ben, a basic they're, human. They're not as good as any human. I'll agree there. But you go and get something like a cutter with good shields and turrets. Chuck the NPC man in the commander chair, and you go and have an SLF, and you can have a lot of fun in a Hazres or a conflict zone. Oh, you can. Just don't expect your ship to be in a good state when you no. finish with that. No, because, you know, you go and get a cutter with good shields and all that kind of stuff. And it I've been in a... It doesn't matter. Their pip um, usage is so suboptimal. It really is. It doesn't Sorry, have I'm... to be optimal. They, they are good enough. I've left no. my... I've left I guess my ship it depends in... on your build. Guys, guys, we we could get we we can get bogged down into the yeah. the, the minutiae of uh, yeah. fighter management. Um, I think TLDR, I'll... I'm quite happy with having um, engineered things, and I love the idea. Someone was on Twitch was mentioning that we could have an a Remlek for an uh, crewman as one of the engineer modules, and I'd be yeah, okay that, with that. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. That is a really good idea. I think. Um, I think broadly, one interesting facet of that point, Nash, is that um, it has prompted much discussion over the efficacy of fighters as they stand and the fact that we can't really trust NPCs with our motherships, um, which is an interesting direction for that conversation to take, I think. Um, but anyway, idea three, um, a small ship launch fighter carrier ship. Um, Nash says, so a little more work, but a small ship the size of a sidewinder that is essentially just a strapped uh, just a an FSD strapped on a fighter. Um, it needs some special module slots and the like, but the only real new asset would be the ship itself. May need may have limited rebuilds of the fighter. Um, oh, okay, right. So no, it's not an FSD strapped on a fighter. It's a, a small carrier ship with a, an FSD, but just launches fighters. Um, may have limited rebuilds of the fighter. Super cool if combined with it idea two as well. Um, so that essentially, this is the idea of having a. Uh, a, a mothership that spits out lots and lots of fighters. Um, incidentally, um, I watched a an early dev diary um, from 2013, I think, and it was the one about the um, the Farragut. And David Braben was saying that inside the opening and in, in the middle of the Farragut um, was where all the fighters would be would would be launched from. Um, that hasn't materialized in game, which I think is really sad because that was a brilliant idea. But essentially, this idea is that a carrier ship for lots and lots of fighters. What do we reckon? I think it would have to be an NPC thing. Um, I think it would be overpowered if, let's say, me and an anaconda could suddenly go off and drop 10 SLFs all crewed by my mates. How many fighters but, can we have out at the moment? Can you have two out at the same time? I think you can have two, can't you? Yes, two, one NPC controlled. And one multi crew or two multi crew, I think. Yeah. You only have two out at the time. Can you have two NPC controlled? No. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah if, oh, let's say uh, you, let's say you and I were in Shan's Anaconda, and he had two two fighters in it. We could both fly one of his fighters. 
Yeah, yeah. I must admit that idea isn't wildly different to. I mean, you can do that in game now. Like you can get an anaconda or something and just fill it with class five, six, and seven um, ship launch fighter bays and have. You can you can only have one of them, I believe. I don't think you can go and put really? three or four of them in. Oh, interesting. You can have two in, I think. Hmm. I'll have a quick look on Coriolis to check that because I think I made a I think I made a keelback um, or a types uh, not a type six. I think I made a keelback that was basically a fighter launcher for mm. canyon racing once. Well, I guess even then, okay. So you could have four ships. So you've all, if even if one goes boom, you've got three years backup kind of idea. Yeah. The reason why your keelback idea failed too is because you didn't buy the paint pack for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, that's now been rectified. Okay. Uh, Valeriac saying that he's got two fighters in his one of his his ships. So yeah, you can have you can have a couple of fighter bays. Uh, does he mean fighters or fighter bays? He Valeriac? says fighter bays. Ah, fair enough. All right. Coriolis um, doesn't seem to think so, but um, yeah. uh, but obviously you can only have one NPC pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, and you can only have two human people um, multi crewing into you. Yeah. Most yeah. you can ever have out is two at a time, but I guess with two bays you could have a backup in case one of you blows up the other one. Yeah, it's an intriguing idea. Um, again, being Mister Boring and practical about it, is if you had a lots of carriers, you could conceivably fill an instance up with these little ships, such that no one else mm. could actually get in because the. <laughs> Because the instant size in the Elite is determined by the number of ships and objects in it. So if you could if you could launch lots of little SLFs. And also for another potential kind of exploit thing I've just thought of, is if you brought a couple of carriers to a Thargoid and you launched all the little carriers, would that exceed the limit for the instance and stop the Thargon spawning? Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that about the, the, the modules and stuff. That's um that's really interesting. Um well before we um unless Ben or Walt would like to comment on that, I'd we probably ought to move on to the next uh the next bit of the suggestions. Um so um go on Ben. No, I'm good to move on, I said. Cool. So so a couple the last bit of Nash's submission was um these were just sort of miscellany. Some other things that they could do to look after their community. Uh, cross-platform save support. See Fortnite and other games. Uh, I, I am pretty sure that this is a this is a Sony Microsoft thing rather than a Frontier thing, um, and it's certainly not the time I've heard that asked for. Um, PSVR support. Who am I? Ki- oh God. Uh, who am I kidding? They can't even update the FAQ. Um, I yeah, I, I'm surprised that Elite's not on PSVR. That, that is that is odd. Um, and uh, and to add to the cacophony of, of people calling for it, um, Nash suggests that they publish something about what they are working on. Um, none of that. There's a speculation thing for us to think about. Um, LaveCon is only a couple of weeks away. Uh, traditionally, Frontier have stuff to announce at LaveCon. Do you think they will break with tradition or an, an announce something interesting at LaveCon? Or do you think they will just wax lyrical about the 2020 stuff and how amazing it's all going to be. Hmm. I don't think we're going to get as meaty a LaveCon announcement as we had last year, for example. Um, I think, so we're in 2019. 2018 was quite a meaty announcement. 2017 
Frontier really didn't have anything much to say, did they? Um, it was, it was awesome they were there, but I, I don't, don't think they actually brought mm. a lot of new news to the That to the was because it was just before or after EGX, wasn't it, I think? Something like that. It was just before my, something. My suspicion this year is I think we're due to hear about the next mini-release, because they say every three or four months, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's a good so, point. That's a very good so, point. Four months from April is August, and it'd be in July. So it would be in about the right time frame to tell us the sorts of things that's coming up, and maybe the August release. Yeah, it would be yeah. great if they could do that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got to be announced sometime. And I agree with you that August. Um, it, it would make sense if it was in August, as that as, as we've been given a four month time scale. Hmm. Fingers crossed. Um, anyway, let's move on to community corner because we're getting on a bit now in terms of time. Um, Canon have released two new uh, analyses. Um, these guys are really excellent in terms of sharing knowledge. Um, the Advanced Multi-Canon Analysis and the Thargoid Interceptor Hull Analysis. Um, I know that I, I, I've had a little bit to do with Maligno in the past, and his methodology is formidable sort of thing. Have either of you guys um, uh, read up on this? I've seen it. I went, ooh, math, um, and ooh, lots of numbers. And then I said, Shan, why didn't you go and have a look at this? <laughs> well, it, it's more Shan's cup of tea than mine. Shan, um, do you like numbers? I thought it was quite well done, actually. I mean, it, I, I sort of expected to see a, a, a little disclaimer at the bottom saying um, no commanders were harmed in the dispute <laughs> with these figures. Um, but yeah, it was quite a good analysis, actually. Um, particularly around the heart strength regarding um, stuff from the uh, Cyclops to Medusa to Basilisk and whatnot. So, yeah, it's worthwhile putting in. I'm not sure if it personally changed my tactics towards dealing with them, but as a bit of theory crafting, I enjoyed it. I'm interested in the, the interceptor hull analysis. I must give that a read. Sounds good. The um, uh, What was their consensus on the uh, on the advanced multi Meh. Really? Not great. No, it's not. It's it's as a concept, it's a good start, but there are more effective weapons to have than. That. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so the Gauss cannon still reigns supreme. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Except, of course, these new ones do exceed the four limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a which is very point. Uh, okay, so. Another community news: uh, Eremus Kamsel posted his um, his kind of uh, debriefing uh, forum post. Distant Worlds Two, laying the foundations for a great adventure and creating its lasting legacy. This is uh, I'm really familiar with this because um, uh, because Eremus posted the um, well we um, we work with uh, the Distant World guides the Distant Worlds guys to do a um, a sort of DW two recap story in the june issue of sagittarius i so um so i'm pretty familiar with this and and, and this is the uh the out of universe the the, the out of uh, out of fiction version of um one of the articles that was in the june issue of sagai um which was um sort of eremus's recap of uh how distant worlds 2 was uh conceived and planned um i thought this is really interesting actually when going back and 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 learning about you know the, the the genesis of it being at um at the frontier expo which seems a really long time ago um and um and then 
learning, you know, finding out exactly how it, uh, how something like that sort of goes through the various stages. Um, did you guys catch it? I didn't. I mean, I, I agree with you. It's, you know, I've read it and I've read, I've read the article from the Sagai magazine as well. Oh, sugar. Um, moving on, I'm now at, in a neutron star. <laughs> Take over. <laughs> ben, head towards the blue light. <laughs> Fly into the light. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's basically, I know that for the magazine, we basically, we had to convert a lot of the stuff that the guys were saying to make it in universe like Sagai is. Yeah, so, it was um yeah, that was that was a little bit um that that was quite time consuming. Yeah. And replace for um <laughs> P- P- Pilots Federation for Frontier Developments and yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> uh elsewhere in the community, um Ghost Giraffe has done it again with a fantastic video about how to create the fastest ship ever. I haven't watched this. Um I'm the worst host in the world. Have have either of you watched it? I did, yeah. I, I I do enjoy watching these souped up ships. I don't think I've got the materials to make one myself, but yeah, it's always fun when people um do these crazy things. It goes back to the cardboard box thing again. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, how how fast was the fastest ship ever? How fast did he get his um and what, what ship was it? Oh, I can't remember, but I have I have seen ships go super fast by um entry into a planet and then using the gravity and stuff like that to get some ridiculous speed i think it was the uh, viper and i think it was something over 900 if i i watched it without audio because i was sort of doing something but uh yeah um yeah it looked like that's what it looked like to me it, correct me if i'm that sounds about right we, we did a um yeah I, I, from what i've read in the past um that i think the theoretical maximum that i've heard of is about 932 meters per second yeah sounds about right only possible in a a viper and a um and an imperial eagle i think well it might be the imperial or what could it possibly be the um uh courier you know uh the one with the uh three i think i'm forgetting right now it's called but yeah no uh, the courier the three medium yeah that's the courier yeah yeah it could be the courier um i'll have to i'll have to watch the video i'm pretty sure that um you can get a little bit more out of the um, uh, out of the Imperial Eagle and the Viper than you can the Imperial Courier. But it's when you start yeah. adding things, when you start adding guns and SRVs and stuff, that's when those the two smaller ones um, lose speed. Yeah, the reason why I think of that is we've got one guy in a group who has a really fast combat courier. He just zips around <laughs> while we're all we're all just sitting there embroiled in the conflict, and he just buzzes by, you know, dropping <laughs> ammunition and missiles and stuff. Nice. So, uh, what else have we got? Um, several elite groups have appeared on the Amino app. Uh, if you use Amino, then just search for Elite Dangerous. I have no idea what the Amino app is. Can anybody talk me through this? I haven't heard of the app either, I'm afraid. I'm guessing this is a Colin one or something. I've never heard of Amino. It says, I'm on the website now. It says, your interest, uh, your interests times infinity. Amino has authentic mobile communities for whatever you're into. So, okay, so it's a, an app for, um, for mobile communities, and it now has an Elite Dangerous. So if you're into that kind of thing, then search for Amino apps, sign in, and, um, and then search for Elite Dangerous. Um, shout outs. Uh, Paige Harvey is raising money for special effect. Um, she says, uh, I'm 25 now and nearly 16 stone. With my disabilities, this is dangerous, and I'm finally ready to see myself for who I truly am. 
This time I lose the weight and see it because I'm ready to love myself. I need to lose a minimum of six stone. For every pound I lose, I'll be donating one pound to special effects to keep to help keep disabled gamers in the game. If you would like to one support disabled gamers, two help help motivate me to get healthy, please do feel free to make a donation of your own. Um, and that is at uh, justgiving.com forward slash forward slash fundraising forward slash page Harvey page hyphen Harvey hyphen weight hyphen loss. Um, we will pop the link for that in the um, in the chat. Um, and if uh, if disability and gaming and weight loss and all that sort of thing and 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 Paige Harvey, the wonderful Paige Harvey, mean uh, anything to you, then then do hop onto that and um, and check it out. Um, iTunes reviews, uh, something else that we've um, that we've had. Uh, we've aggregated over the last week has been uh, all of the reviews that we've received. Um, is it just Maze that we've that we've gathered together? I'm not sure. I think Fozzer basically jumped onto iTunes and actually looked at it. Um, at the risk of standing negative against iTunes players, I don't have access to iTunes reviews and I can't see them. Why don't you have access to I had a look at them today, actually, and it's, it's yes, and Really nice kind of. Yeah, I've seen the comments on there, aren't they? It's it's probably not in very good taste for us to read our own glowing iTunes reviews on our own podcast, is it? We we can should we give a shout out to the guys for doing it? Yes. Oh, great idea. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh god, I'm going to regret doing this. Okay. Thank you very much um, to Jaybird, to Commander Macadlin. To... Oh, we so needed Colin for this bit. Oh, we did need Colin for this one. <laughs> to Valaric, not Valerie, or Valeric, or Valerie C. Uh, to, and Valaric's actually in Discord, in, well, Discord and Twitch at the moment as well. To DKW75, uh, to Kai, to Qingdai, uh, to Jerura1010, and finally to Tomako2K. And for the record, you don't need to give a five-star review to get a shout-out. Any kind of review, any kind of feedback, any kind of anything will probably get you a shout-out, to be honest. We're, we're not particularly proud, are we? But Ben, <laughs> but ben will give you a ton of void opals. If you no, give I won't. A nice oh, okay, I'll, I'll, well, maybe if they're... If I had a ton of void opals on me and they met me where I am, then I would give them a ton of void opals. It's the three-star reviews that I'm really scared of. Like you don't, nobody gives a toss about one star. But like you know, that's just some crank. But it's the three stars that's really damning. Yeah, it's like this is okay, but it's a bit shit, really. Yeah, exactly. This is this is better than sitting on your own with nothing to listen to. But <laughs> uh, so thank you all of those lovely people <laughs> for your TV. <laughs> yeah. You lot are really inspiring people to make nice reviews, aren't you? <laughs> this is better than Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> well, we're still on air. True. Yes. Good point. <laughs> um, Ventura has just pointed out that um, in the community corner, we forgot to mention uh, Sagittarius Eye, which Ben and I are involved with. So we uh, at Sagittarius Eye, we released issue 22, our 22nd issue um, of our 80 page glossy online magazine last Thursday. Um, the cover story is uh, exploring in style, the Saud Kruger Renaissance. And it has 10 or 11 wonderful, scintillating, beautifully written stories um, about the Elite Dangerous Universe. So if you like this and you have eyes, you might like that. 
So you should probably go and check it out. Um, as well as the, uh, the, the print in inverted commas release, we also released a um, fully voice acted two hour podcast um, of the same content. So it's the same articles converted to scripts um, and, uh, and then recorded by professional and amateur voice actors expertly cut together by um by our own dr toxic um of lave radio fame and um uh and wotherspoon of uh galnet digest and um and all massaged into uh into shape by um by the fantastic sagittarius eye management team so um uh yeah check check it out if uh, if you haven't come across sagittarius eye yet it's a really cracking issue the, the voice actors did a wonderful job um, and uh, and the writers and the designers and the artists really in there, getting in their stride now. What I like about Sagittarius Eye, apart from the production values, is it there are contributors from all corners of the community. You're almost no matter what their interest is in the game, there are people who contribute and stuff towards it. It's not like the um, the, the elite dangerous equivalent of the state newspaper or frontier or anything like that. It's 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 independently put together by some great people from all over the place. Mm, yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. There's no um yeah, there's there's no uh there there aren't any gameplay or allegiance sort of uh preponderances really. It's a, it's a really broad mix of people who just have the talent and the time and want to want to get involved. Um uh Kirov says just finishing just finished listening to the sagai episode props the writer of the fusion article i enjoyed that one in particular uh, that's nice uh lord tyven i, actually, I put that in there more for you to go off and pass it on to the writer oh, <laughs> right okay well thanks Kirov. that's nice i'm going to tell um i need to, i'll tell the author lord tyven he'll be thrilled because i think that was his first published article sagai um he's one of us he's one of our science writers and he's really excellent Anyway, I think that is about it. So, uh, LaveCon 2019 is uh, from the 5th to the 7th of July at the Sedgebrook Hall Hotel in Northamptonshire. And it is sponsored by Spider-Man Games, the, um, the lovely chaps who are on talking about uh, ED battle cards a few weeks ago. Um, on, fri- on the Friday, Karen is planning to take all of the um, uh, silver slash gold camping and ambassadors reception tickets off the website to allow the hotel to plan food numbers sorry not on the friday on this friday so if you want one of those um hop on the website and get it soon bronze tickets will be on sale up to and on the day itself uh commander beetle jude who is also um one of the voice actors at sagittarius eye and whose whose dulcet tones you can hear if you download the podcast um will be doing a blind auction of a um signed by frontier artwork at lavecon i don't know if you've seen jude's work but it is really lovely she does wonderful chalk art of elite stuff ships and and astronomical what's it's and stuff and it's really colorful and and bright and vibrant it's got kind of a, like a no man's sky vibe um if that isn't heresy um and uh, and you can win some of it that's been signed by lovely frontier people if you head along to the charity auction at um, lavecon uh our sister station hutton orbital radio broadcasts on thursdays from 8 30 at tv.forthemug.com or radio.forthemug.com um if you like cqc um actually we could do two of these uh if you like cqc um and you for any reason don't want to play with a bunch of awesome 
coalition people, go to the CQC Discord. Um, if you want to play with Walt and his chums and all of their signatories, um, then go to the Coalition Discord. And um, Walt, when's that happening? Your CQC event? Uh, Saturday. We're still about going to post the um, uh, the time, but I believe it's going to be about uh, probably six PM GMT, uh, somewhere around there, somewhere in the intersection of um, uh, European and US time zones. So uh, Saturday will probably be like noon, around noon, um, uh, afternoon in the US and uh, early evening in uh, Europe. Great. Perfect. Cool. So um, that is, uh, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com forward slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter, um, or you could join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io forward slash laveradio. Uh, you can also join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, thank you ever so much to the glamorous uh, Commander Edelweiss. Thank you to the lovely uh, Commander Shan. Thank you to the dashing Ventura for being an admirable tech. And thank you to Walt Kerman for being our extra special guest this evening. Um, thank you. And also thanks to those commanders in Twitch who, um, who have been chatting to us as well. Um, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. I'll just say, in, uh, just at the end of the show, I nearly crashed into that sun there because I came out and I was just like, oh my god, this looks so pretty just where I've just, where I've just suddenly ended up. I've no idea where the hell I am, but I just really like this. And I was like, oh, I'm going to share this. And then I suddenly find that Norman, that Ventura, sorry, went off and onto the other screen instead. But anyway, while I'm here, Souverine, best of luck for Saturday and... You're not going to be with us for a couple of weeks, unfortunately, because you're doing a little thing called getting married. So congratulations <laughs> and good luck with that, mate. Thanks.
Internet News Digest, 18th of June 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, bewildered slaves dumped outside city. Jumping like a box of frogs. Media conspiracy revealed. Bewildered slaves dumped outside city. Anti-slavery organisation Autonomy has caused controversy by releasing 4,000 imperial slaves near Port Isabel in Eotienses without making any provision for their well-being. Autonomy, which is not affiliated to Princess Aisling Duval's Unchain campaign group, has forcibly liberated slaves on a number of occasions before, but never in such numbers. It apparently pretended to be a construction company when it bought the slaves from slave traders last week. It then transported them to a location near the city and released them. Eyewitnesses report seeing the freed slaves wandering aimlessly with no idea what to do now that they'd been cast out. Imperial slavery is a misnomer for what are actually indentured labourers paying off their debts. A freed imperial slave is a citizen without a role in society, without money and without a future. The slave traders who benefited from Autonomy's large purchase didn't seem overly displeased with the transaction. Imperial slaves enter into their servitude willingly and any misguided attempt to free them is likely to end up with them signing back up with the very same slave traders you bought them from in the first place. The Eotiensis Labour Services Corporation is reported to be doing a roaring trade at a site just outside Port Isabel. Jumping like a box of frogs. Explorers are a funny bunch. They poodle off into the blackness of space and come back years later dressed only in yellowing underpants and smelling like a Thargoid's armpit. Many of them set great store by their unfeasibly long jump ranges. It's almost as though they don't actually enjoy the journey. One such commander is Oscar Gunther. He has a specialised anaconda using legacy engineering no longer available from any engineer which gives him a jump range 0.15 light years greater than is available to newly engineered ships. When using neutron boost this multiplies up to nearly a 0.6 light year advantage. A couple of months ago, Etienne Dorn, the body snatcher of Colonia, finally proved that he was more useful than Laurie Jameson, the snooty descendant of genocidal mass murderer John Jameson, by making available Grade 5 lightweight life support. This increased the maximum jump range of an anaconda by an underwhelming 0.1 light years. But to the very specialised subset of explorers who want to show off their very long jump ranges, it kicked off another round of their informal competition. Following the Body Snatcher's Grade 5 unlock, the absolute maximum jump range possible using modern technology is believed to be 336.43 light years. 
Within a week of this range becoming possible, a commander using the appropriate alias of Mad Matt jumped exactly that distance from Blei Thua Y-E A-D-67 to Pu Yuk M-O-Z D-13-32 in his One Jump Wonder. Only one commander could beat this record, and that's Commander Gunther, with his legacy modification Anaconda. Using Neutron Boost, his older ship is believed to be capable of jumping 337.02 light-years. Well, that's the theory. However, when he set out on the 4th of June to break the jump record, Commander Gunther was unable to find a destination star system exactly 337.02 light-years from Jackson's Lighthouse. And he only managed to beat Mad Matt's record by 0.2 light-years, jumping 336.63 light-years. Will he ever manage to reach his full potential, jumping that extra 0.39 light-years and beating the 337 light-year mark? Will he ever achieve the accolade of being the first person to jump from the bubble to Colonia in only 70 jumps? Will he ever solve the problem of explorers smelling like a mouldy gorgonzola? It seems... unlikely. Media Conspiracy Revealed Following extensive investigation and much cranial application of tinfoil, a plot to deliberately lead commanders astray has been uncovered. Historian and scientist Commander Wurzel has identified that much of the history of the galaxy has been covertly replaced by inaccurate, revisionist lies. This is not just about the return of the Thargoids. There are many, many inaccuracies, almost all of which are too complicated to explain clearly. But most significantly, the massacre of innocent children by the Lave Radio Network, spearheaded by bloodthirsty berserker Chris Fozzer Forrester, has been skillfully rewritten to make it seem like an honestly fought struggle for independence from the Alliance and not the work of a team of Latter-day King Herods, after all. It is immediately clear to any unbiased observer that far too many of these lies have been introduced into the history books for them to have been written by hand. It is patently obvious that they are the result of a media conspiracy and have been written by bots. And that's... This week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We believe the conspiracies, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>